Hi, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local, and brought to you by Bank ESB. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and here is your host for this episode of Business Talk. He's the editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here's George O'Brien. Okay, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. We have a great show for you today. Before we get to it, though, uh, let's have a message from this month's sponsor, Bank ESB. Bank ESB is here for local business. As a local bank, we provide everything you need to thrive around here, including personalized guidance and business products like free checking and cash management services. Unlock your potential and learn more at bankesb.com slash business. Member FDIC DIF. Okay, we are back at on Business Talk. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West Magazine. You knew that already. Uh, what you don't know is who our guest is this week. Uh, it is Tim Nikovic. Uh, he is a partner with the Royal Law Firm in Indian Orchard. Good morning, Tim. How are you? I'm good. How are you, George? Happy to be here. Um, we're happy to have you on the show. Uh, we have uh, an interesting topic to talk about. It's one that's certainly been in the news a lot lately, uh, involving both national businesses and regional businesses as well. And that's the subject of vaccines and mandates regarding those. Uh, we have uh, new Biden administration mandates set to take effect. Well, exactly when we don't know. Uh, but there's certainly a subject of discussion and a subject of controversy in, in many respects and a subject of uh, importance for, for lawyers like yourself who are busy advising area businesses and nonprofits and agencies on exactly what they're up against and what they need to be doing. So I guess the place to start is uh, with uh, the phone calls you're getting and the work that you're doing and uh, the advice that you're giving to the businesses in this region. Um, sure. So a lot of uh there's been a lot of uh, concern about uh, President Biden's uh, mandate that is still, as you just said, George, uh, will be going into effect probably at some point, although they're trying to push that out. Um, I think what a lot of what we're seeing from clients, um, those with under 100 employees and who aren't federal contractors, a lot of them in terms of whether they can mandate a vaccine for their workers. And if you don't qualify for this new mandate that may or may not be coming down from the president, um, the EEOC has already said that an employer can mandate um, that its workforce get the COVID vaccine um, unless somebody needs an exemption under either religious grounds or for disability. So a lot of the questions we've asked for are one, preparing for the mandate, and two, also implementing um, a previously uh, put in policy under that EEOC guidance. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, let's stop there for a second. You mentioned uh, that uh, employers can mandate that uh, their workers get vaccinated. And, and then we saw some of this even before the Biden administration mandates came down, a lot of it uh, in the healthcare sector, but uh, in, in some other sectors as well. Uh, a lot of companies just announced that this is something they were going to do. But uh, from my understanding, most employers don't want to be put in a situation where they have to mandate something like this. It's a kind of personal decision, a somewhat controversial one in a lot of respects. So a lot of them were, were almost waiting and hoping for the government to to mandate this in some respects. So it doesn't become their decision. That doesn't take away all of the degrees of difficulty, if you will, from this. And there are 
are quite a few of them. Can you just go into a little bit of detail about exactly how these mandates work? Let's uh, focus on the Biden administration mandates. Uh, who is going to fall under the auspices of these new mandates? Sure. So under the Biden mandate, there's really three um, types of businesses that would qualify for that. One is if you're an, a private employer um, that has more than 100 employees. Um, and as you just said, George, a lot of uh, what the guy, what the mandate is aimed at is that employers who did not want to put in a policy um, for fear of morale or for fear of losing workers um, and the government putting in a mandate just kind of takes that out of their hands and they need to comply with it. Um, other types of businesses that need to comply with the Biden mandate um, would be anybody that's in the healthcare facility um, that gets Medicare or Medicaid funding. Um, and the third would be government contractors. Um, and government contractors, uh, and in this area, obviously, you think of government contractors, the first thing that comes to mind is probably a company that contracts with the Department of Defense. However, a government contractor can be far more than that. Um, it's usually anybody, broadly enough to find that it can be anybody that does business with the federal government, as long as the contract is worth $250,000 or more. So if it's a smaller contract with the federal government below $250,000, then that, that company would not be affected by this. But if it's a contract for more than $250,000, that company also needs to comply. Right. Now, the, the assumption on a lot of people's parts is that there's just not many companies in this region that fall under those guidelines. And uh, you know, the textbook definition of a small business is that of under 100 and most of the businesses in this region are, in fact, small businesses. But there are more than a handful of companies that have 100 employees or more. And there are a lot of companies in this area that do work with uh, the federal government, either as a direct contractor or as a subcontractor. So uh, I put that in the form of a question. Uh, there are quite a few businesses in this area that have to be concerned about this. Am I right? Oh, yes, absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um, as you just said, there's more companies than you would you would think at first blush, um, just given the makeup of our region, um, and that there's not a lot of what one would consider to be traditional large business. However, this mandate is broad enough that it covers a lot of small, what would traditionally be considered small business as well. So who has been reaching out to you and what are the specific questions that they have about that? I'm not sure some of them are just hoping that this is not going to happen or that it's going to be delayed. We've seen a lot of government mandates yep. pushed down the road, especially given all the, the, the blowback there's been from this and threats of lawsuits. Uh, but a lot of people are hoping that this will go away or that it won't happen until next year and maybe there won't be a need for it. Uh, as an attorney, I'm sure that that's not how you're advising your clients. But uh, again, I'll put that in the form of a question. How are you advising your clients? So a lot of the questions we're seeing, and they really kind of break down into the two or three basic questions. So as I just said, the mandate applies to a private employer with more than 100 employees. And that is the wording of the mandate. What it doesn't say is how you count those 100 employees. And by that, I mean, obviously, some businesses are seasonal where they are either fully active in the winter or the summer. And for the rest of the year, they might have lesser number of employees. Um, so that's really a question is how do you calculate that 100 employees to see if you hit that threshold under the mandate? There's really no clear guidance on that right now. It seems that 
it's going to fall onto OSHA to put out a, a temporary rule on this, which we're still waiting for right now, um, that hopefully clarifies that. Um, another one that we really see is if I'm going to, if I as an employer am going to mandate um, that my workforce get the vaccine, do I need to keep documentation of that? Um, and if I am going to keep documentation of that, how am I going to keep it? Um, and under the EEOC, um, well, one, it's not clear under what OSHA will say whether it needs to be kept, but assuming it does need to be kept, it, it's going to need to be kept in a place separate than the employee's personnel file. It's going to have to be kept in a secure location along with other employee medical documents that might go with um, a disability issue or an FMLA leave or Massachusetts PFML. Um, it's going to need to be kept in a separate secured area um, for the employee's medical records. Um, and, the, and the other question that's really out there is, on top of that, do I have to keep it separate? Is can I keep it electronically? So if, I, if I'm asking employees, I need, telling them that I need a copy of your vaccination record, is it okay to get that these days um, via PDF, for instance? Um, and it looks like that would be okay, um, although there's no final word on that. But obviously, even if it's in a PDF, it's going to have to be in a separate um, secured location. Uh, the other question is, and I, again, expect this in the OSHA, is what is being fully vaccinated? Um, these days with boosters rolling out for different uh, populations, is getting two doses of Moderna or Pfizer considered fully vaccinated or do you need the booster? Or one dose of Johnson & Johnson, is that fully vaccinated or do you need the booster? So OSHA hopefully will encompass all of that when it comes out. But right now, those are kind of the, the issues that we see. So you are expecting clarification on these issues eventually? Yes. Yep. Okay. We expect it to come from OSHA because that seems to be the federal agency that's going to have the power to enforce this mandate. In the meantime, I imagine there's a, a, a lot of hand-wringing about this and, and a lot of cost attached to it. Um, again, uh, I'm sure a lot of employees would just rather not deal with this. Um, uh, where do they start? Uh, I've heard that the, probably the place to start is to kind of get a sense for exactly what you're up against in terms of what percentage of your workforce is vaccinated and what percentage isn't. And that means you've got to ask the question. Uh, from what I've been told, you can legally ask your employers, employees if they are vaccinated. Yes. And if is. not, I, I don't believe you can ask why, but I believe you can ask if they are vaccinated. Is that right? That is, that is correct. That's also under the EEOC that you can ask if, if the employee is vaccinated. Um, and then that would go to what are you going to do with the proof of it? So it would have to go into a, a separate file. Interesting. Okay, you're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West Magazine. We're talking to Tim Nikovic. He is the, uh, an attorney with uh, the Royal Law Firm in Indian Orchard. We're talking about vaccinations and government mandates. Uh, you've been in this business for a long time. You've dealt with a lot of new government regulations, uh, new safety uh, mandates, if you will, uh, new laws that have taken effect, uh, family medical leave, uh, family paid leave. Uh, this is different on a lot of different levels. Uh, have you sent, seen anything like this in terms of just how different it is in mandating something as personal as a vaccine and all the unanswered questions that go with it? 
No, this is uh, this is by far probably the most fluid situation that I've seen in my 18 years of, of practicing law. Um, it seems like something changes every day or every week, um, just in terms of you know how the how COVID itself evolves and spreads more, and then what regulations are going to be put in place by the governments to try to stop that spread. So it's constantly evolving, uh, which mm-hmm. makes it very challenging. And how do you cope with that? constant state of evolution. Uh, it just, I mean, you don't want to advise your clients on, on how to be ready and how to be prepared for this, but it must be difficult to tell them how to be prepared for something when you don't really know what it is. And it, it, as a lawyer, it's also very challenging exactly for that reason, because never quite clear on what the next rule is going to be. Um, so it, again, that's really the most challenging aspect is there's no clear guidance as, as this situation just unfolds every day. And what are we looking at for a timetable here? I'm told by the end of this year, perhaps, uh, is what we might expect these mandates to take effect. Or? Yes. Well, at the moment, I believe it's still due to take a effect on December 8th. However, there has been a movement over the past few days um, to try to get the government to push that back um, mm-hmm. to the end of the year, just because okay. of the time it will take a workforce to, if people mm-hmm. are not fully vaccinated for the two shots right. uh, to become effective. The, the overriding concern we're hearing from in, in employers, obviously, is that this is happening in the middle of, well, first of all, a very difficult time for them in general when they're already dealing with enough challenges uh, just to keeping the doors open and to keeping their businesses running. But now they're being forced to deal with this on top of a workforce crisis, unlike anything anyone has ever seen before, when it's already difficult to uh, attract and retain talent. Now you're looking at a situation where you might be losing more people. I think I just saw something come up on my newswire uh, report that said, uh, I don't know if it was 72 or 82 percent of the people who are not vaccinated, uh, if they had to be ordered to get vaccinated, they would leave their jobs. They would quit their jobs. So if that number is true, this is going to be a severe hardship on a lot of employers. Is this what you're hearing from your clients? Uh, I know there's a lot of vaccinated people in Massachusetts and in the Northeast, but I imagine this is still going to be a handful. No, and it is, it is a real concern among our clients um, in terms of mandating a vaccine. Um, you know, as you just said, there's, there's a workforce crisis going on as well. And to lose workers on top of everything else that's going on has, has presented a real challenge in how to roll out um, vaccine requirements if that's what if that's what an, an employer wants to do mm-hmm. and as we mentioned earlier the federal government mandating this uh, makes it easier on them they don't have to make the decision but they're still going to be in a situation where they're going to have to comply with this now the other matter is is that of enforcement um, and again you're an attorney so you would never advise clients probably not to comply with something or to hope this matter goes away, but how are they going to enforce this? It just seems uh, like it would be almost impossible to enforce anyway. But uh, It would be through employee, well, if and it breaks down to, you know, what category of uh, business that you fall into. So if you're a government contractor, they can, they can audit you um, to come up and, and see your records. The same thing with Medicare and Medicaid. With a private employer of over 100 employees, it would be based upon an employee complaint. Um, that would be the most likely scenario 
of uh, OSHA needing coming out to start an investigation would be if, if an employee lodged a complaint about it. Is that likely given? Well, I guess we could get complaints from people who are not vaccinated, who want to see, who are vaccinated and want to see others vaccinated. But I can't imagine somebody who's not vaccinated filing a complaint against a employer for not enforcing a mandate requiring people to be vaccinated. So, No, and that's, and that's, that's true. It's just sometimes um, employees have their own agendas occasionally, um, and mm-hmm. it would not be out of the realm of possibility for somebody to make a call. Um, we have spoken with several clients. OSHA has been out there even before this mandate in regards to COVID safety and PPE complaints um, from employees. Um, we've dealt with several of those here in our practice. Um, so they are out there. Um, they might be slightly overwhelmed at the moment, but they are out there. Okay. So again, your best advice to employers uh, in advance of this, how, how do they best be ready for this? Uh, you want to talk to your employment counsel. Um, you want to be aware of the, of the regulations that are out there. Um, pay attention to see when this OSHA standard comes out, what that says. Um, and I think we're hoping that that will provide some good guidance on how to, how to comply with the mandate. All right. Well, thank you very much, Tammy. You've been a big help trying to clarify some of these things for our listeners and trying to put a, a controversial subject uh, into a brighter light. Uh, we appreciate your input and we'll have you back uh, maybe in a few months, uh, kind of see how this is rolling out and what's happening with this. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay. Okay. Anytime. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. Uh, This is Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. I look forward to seeing you next time.